All right, we're moving into a topic that keeps everyone up at night. Do the right people have access to the right data? Are we compliant with all the regulations? Is our audit working properly? Data governance is critical, and while Rakuten might be a digital native business, it has grown quickly to become a dominant force in Asian, European, and North American markets, spanning financial services, media, entertainment, telecommunications, retail, and even more industries. It's an amazing business, and it's very complex, so this isn't an easy data governance challenge. I'm pleased to introduce Sandipan, who runs the SuperDB platform at Rakuten. Hi, this is Sandeepan. I work for a company called Rakuten as Director of Data Engineering. So today we'll be covering on data governance for Rakuten Data Analytics Platform, which is the centralized or repository for the whole ecosystem of Rakuten. The topics I'll be covering are basically what Rakuten is, our data landscape, the key questions and challenges which we had, the approach we took, and a brief overview of the platform. So Rakuten is an internet company which has over 70 different businesses and services, basically falling into three different categories, the internet services, like uh, we are the number one largest e-commerce marketplace in Japan. We have travel, we have advertising, and then in the US uh, is the cashback called Rakuten Rewards, which formerly known as Ebates. Then we have our FinTech services, and in Japan also, we just launched our 5G services. We're the fourth uh, telecom provider in Japan. And also we're the first world's first fully virtualized cloud native uh, mobile network. So let's go a little bit, uh, give you an understanding of our data landscape. So since we have got so many different businesses, so our data sets comes from upstreams directly. And also it comes from different business warehouses or data lakes, some of them in public cloud, we have multiple clouds to work, talk to, we have our on-premise uh, systems which are ingesting data sets into a common repository, which again runs in a hybrid architecture, which runs on public cloud and also on our private cloud, which is Rakuten's one cloud. And then it has a different access controls on top of these data sets because we are collecting data sets from different services. And then we are providing this insights to optimize the business performances. So in a different way of looking at it is like 70 plus services, we have 43 integrated services. When I say integrated, it means basically we are tied up uh, between one ID, which is called a Rockton ID. And we have a petabyte scale of data sets that manage a couple of thousands normalized managed data sets to manage in, in, inside this system. And we have what about 6,500 active users who are actively using the systems on a weekly basis. So the key questions and challenges what we had when we were moving around and upgrading our platform. So the key challenges what we had was because of the large different types of businesses, we had different types of data sets to deal with. Sometimes data sets coming from telecom, which is a very different type of a data set to come data sets like from a FinTech business like a banking business or a credit card business to a marketplace business. Then we had diff support, make sure that we are following regulations from different staff, industry standards and have compliance to that. We had too many pipelines, each one of them running across, copying data sets from one place to another and having different access points. There were no centralized uh, metadata management so that people can go and basically see 
what all data set is available to me and where they reside. The other key issue would be faced was data freshness, the confidence in the data sets, whether the data produced by the producer is it rightly consumed at our site? Because there can be changes in the upstream. Is it captured properly and represented properly in, in our system? And last but not least is the compute elasticity because as we are growing so fast, so there are lots of experiments that is going on for new different businesses to start up new different businesses. So the compute elasticity was a key uh, part to make sure that data scientists, the business analysts can do their job without any issues. Like some of the key questions also came up when we heard from our users who were using the system. They came up, what does this data mean to us? Is there any catalog? Can I search it? How do I get access to this information? Does this data set have a sensitive information that I shouldn't be looking at? Can I observe any change? Or if I am expecting a particular data value that is coming in, if there is change or a deviation, am I being alerted because of that? How much faster, how fast can I process this to make it actionable? How is this data generated? Because there are a lot of aggregation that happens and then a particular data set is generated. So basically talking about how this data, what you're looking at, say for example, a number, how is this number generated out from, from an upstream working off with different systems? And finally, when I see it, a number, how has it been calculated? So we thought about certain things and the key points we wanted to consider. First thing, it was very simple for us because we had so many different businesses, it made, made sense to look at it at different data domains. So now, when I say data domains, it's not that technical domain or I'm not talking about the industry itself. Obviously, e-commerce is different, uh, telecom is different, fintech is different, that was understood. Uh, but what we basically went down is within this industry, for example, in an insurance, can I look at a claim as a claim domain? Or in an e-commerce, can I look at sales and order in a sales order domain and, and look at it when a cancellation order cancellation happens offline or online. We also looked at the different data access controls and security we need to have in place, the data actionability. And the most important part, we wanted to understand who are my most important users, the personas. How are they using my system? Can I give them a way to explore and do an experiment on the different data sets? without actually going and moving any data. And then we decided like, instead of building a central place for everyone to ingest it, can I build standardization across the data sets and also build a framework that can be used across the different businesses so that we talk in a very simple and the same, same language. The approach we took was Basically, we came up with three areas, data availability, actionability, and governance being the principal guidelines for us. And we came up with a set of key platform features. And data governance, as you see, was one of the major key principle guiding principles to make sure that the data sharing that, because Rakuten is an ecosystem, so the data sharing across the different businesses has to be in compliance. Then how is this data access supposed to happen? Do I have a lineage and provenance across it? Is there a standard process or a secure way of making a request? Am I compliant with GDPR, CCPR, or Japan compliance because we have this business globally? And as, we, as I spoke before, like we also try to understand our personas. What are my personas and what type of uh, work they are doing with our system? 
we found out like there are lots of business analysts and data analysts that is working a lot of ad hoc queries, which required low latency. Then we had a lot of data scientists. We were creating their models. They wanted a large scale computing. Then applications, downstream applications who use basically get a feed to provide recommendation or in incentives. Then we have got data engineers who basically operate on these data sets. It doesn't have to be in our central team, but these are also provided as tools or frameworks. How can I, can I give a framework to the teams that are doing a daily data engineering job in their own business? And the last two are very important is the governance security and audit part. Is there a secure access layer? Is there a way to audit who is accessing and for what it is being used? Is there a way to find out how this data was formed and the traceability and the lineage of it? It's basically putting out also understanding if there is a deviation from an expected value, do I really check that? It's more of an observability, you can say, from a data perspective to see if it's very similar to what you have in a system observability to say uh, in the DevOps world. Now from systems admins and operators, we also had because they were doing a BAU work on a day in and day out, but from a data perspective. The couple of things which we took for uh, our business, first thing was to have a bucketing strategy, basically to make sure what exactly a data set to be moved in for analysis purposes, what are the data sets that has to come in without having access, then what the particular business can have access to a particular data sets. It goes to a central repository. The central repository doesn't mean that the data has to move in, but they are interconnected. So for example, if I want to do, understand how my customer behavior is across my travel industry or my marketplace, if I'm trying to look at the trend of my particular customer, I'm touching these different channels in Rakhden business to make sure that a particular data can be shared across different services. So we had this shareable or our commons, apply a common schema on top of it or a classification process. So what we did was instead of doing it after that, what we'd say we would thought about is whenever the data is moving, can I classify within that in a pipeline? So we build, we thought about making a pipeline registry connected directly to the metadata manager and where I can publish it. Then tag it, can I basically find out sensitive of PII information? And once that is done, then we create a data licensing. Say, for example, uh, a data scientist wants to create a, uh, has a hypothesis, they want to create a data product out of it, and they want to use a particular data set across uh, different uh, services, basically doing a cross service. Now, having an access doesn't mean that you will have an access forever. So we wanted to have a licensing attached to it that a particular project has a particular X number of days or X number of months when they have an access out of after that, the automatically the access gets revoked. Unless or otherwise there is a requirement for an access to the particular data sets, the data license get expired and people lose access and they have to reapply for it. We also thought about how to make sure that the process what we designed for data sharing, which is basically goes through a lot of legal and compliance, can I basically put those things together in an automated fashion? Can I have a contract? Can I have a maps? Can it be seen through one, say, searchable place? What, what all data sets can I actually merge? Is this data being classified as shareable data? And 
then integrating it with the privacy center. The privacy center API basically sits on the upstream side where the actual customers interact with the businesses. So for example, I have a party one or a business one and a party two business two uh, doing a cross service, there is a data sharing agreement. And then if the end user says that I don't want to share the data set across, so there is a request that comes to a party one that basically gets invoked and sends a request through an API which talks to our metadata manager and we have a flag to it so that we can do the uh, background work to make sure that particular customer's data is not taken into consideration or not used in a model. Uh, last but not least, but it's very important that we have a, a common data access layer so that it, it, it goes through and works through a particular data metadata manager where all tagging information, what kind of data sets should be accessed because within a business as well, we have use cases where a particular member of that particular business cannot see all the data across. Uh, for example, uh, if you see a EC consultant, so EC consultant usually are like talking, they have their own merchants, uh, which, which they basically consult with. So in that case, a EC consultant should not be able to access the information about other merchants who he or she is not supposed to have been doing the business with. So those kind of very strict uh, access control and uh, tagging is all managed in the metadata manager. And it has a standard process which we made sure that we don't have to repeat it again and again, but anyone which is pushing this data set, it gets automatically tagged. To do that actually in practice, we build certain things on the framework itself, right from ingestion. So the pipeline, it's not only the pipeline for ingestion work, but also the transformations or aggregations that happens. A common structure or an architecture for the pipeline. We came up with a pipeline registry, which captures the lineage because every, today we do a lot of work on Spark. So we wanted to make sure the Spark lineage is captured. What are the expected values that is should be coming into the system when I'm accessing a particular system and give me an alert if there is a deviation to it. What is the data quality index? So to give you a brief view of it, it's like we have this pipeline ingestion. Uh, it's basically given to all the users who use their work for ingesting and bringing the data sets in uh, into a, our system to uh, basically find out what all data sets are available across and then create a pipeline for that. And then you can actually see when you, what is the source of the system? What is the sync is happening? What is the correctness of these data sets? What is the freshness of the data? And also what, if there is any variance, the other part was, as I described before, was finding out what data sets are available. If someone, a new person joins a particular business, how he or she supposed to know what all data sets are available. So we built something called as discovery. And this discovery, it basically captures data sets based on your domains. So for e-commerce, financial data, membership information, you can actually based on categories, you can actually search it then see what are the tables in it and actually apply for it. So if you can see that once you apply, whether it goes to the data owner, it gets an approval, you have to under, basically give a reason like why you want to access this particular data sets. But since this whole flow is automated, it doesn't take too much of time to go down to the end user or a data owner or the data producer to give an approval or a reject. Or if there is a cross service, 
then we basically create a particular license. And that's why you see there's something called as expired. And as I said, the other important part was data lineage and traceability. So we have a data registry, which is actually built in inside the pipeline itself. So it gives you what pipelines, what all data sets are coming in, by what methods. And then you can drill down to this all data sets by piece by piece. And what type of the type of workflows it is basically doing and what is the linear and to understand how this data set is moving from left to right. And give a view, like if you click on the nodes, it basically tells you about the data in details. So putting it together, so we have both batches and streams that comes in depending on uh, the types of business uh, we are ingesting data from. We call we have a common place of which we call as data data lake, and then some of massaging data massaging happens there. Goes into the warehouse. We do aggregations and data projections, which we call as data virtual warehouses, and then also make sure that there is an indexing to have a faster access to the data set itself. And a common access layer for us uh, control is a ranger. Uh, we do use that. We have customizable. Uh, we have customized a little bit more because of our the different data stores we support. And in the lower part, as you see, there is a part called data discovery where we have our classification, shareable and bucketing, which I just spoke about. And then there is a data lab and a sandbox environment where people can do experiments. But everything is kind of governed. And whenever a people or person, a member is accessing this particular data set, everything is captured. Just to make sure that the data is not misused but at the same time, they have an access to it and they can work on, uh, do the job uh, on a daily daily basis. Having said that, it's uh, not completely perfect. It is still all, always a work in progress because every new technology is coming up and we are trying our best to keep up with it. So to give you a perspective of the journey which we had, we started in 2007 with just BI and reporting with one to five services and it kept growing. And today we have about 43 plus services which is inside our central repository. And it over a period of time, if you see, we moved like any other company from a traditional warehouse on-prem to a Hadoop world. Of, and then now we have a distributed storage, multi-cloud hybrid compute. Uh, we started supporting uh, machine learning and uh, containerization back in 2018, but now is the time to optimize that AI ML and optimize the analytics part. Thank you. Uh, that was all from my side. If you have any questions, do feel free to uh, directly send me an email or, or ask questions if you have. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Again, I think the Rakuten business is amazing, starting as a marketplace and growing to such significant global success. The talk Sandy didn't give is how much their business has benefited from the overnight shift to online shopping. We decided to focus on the more relatable topic but congrats to Rakuten. We're about to head into a two-part talk on Data Mesh and you won't want to miss it. So take a quick bio break, refill your coffee or water, and meet us here in a few minutes. Beep, 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 beep.